Learn about the strides female entrepreneurs of color are making. Be inspired by their story and enlightened by their leadership, insight, and advice. Welcome to Winners United. This is Season 7, Episode 13, entitled Activate Your Hidden Muscles with Tracy Young. I'm your host, Nicole Walker, and I believe that business, mindset, personal development, and self-care are the four pillars to entrepreneurial success. This is why Winners United is your one-stop shop for business, mindset, personal development, and self-care conversations with winning women of color entrepreneurs. Don't forget to go to Apple Podcasts and give Winners United a rating and a review. All you need to do is go to the show page, scroll to the bottom, click the five stars, then write a review. It shouldn't take you more than five minutes, and I would greatly appreciate it. As a thank you, I'll be giving shout outs on future episodes to those that take time to write us a review. During this episode, you will hear about moving from a fixed mindset to a growth mindset, moving past your fears, what it means to play to win, using your experiences to impact change, and much more. But before we get into the episode, let me tell you more about Tracy Young. Tracy Young is an international best-selling author, social worker, transformational speaker, mentor, coach, and trainer. Being a former foster youth prompted Tracy to go back into the system and implement the changes she wished she saw while living through her experiences. After working in the child welfare system for over 20 years, Tracy wanted to reach more children and pivoted to teaching other social workers so she could broaden her impact. Tracy is now the CEO of Heart Aspirations, which is a speaking, training, and consulting company that specializes in working with the child welfare industry. So without further ado, here is Activate Your Hidden Muscles with Tracy Young. So Tracy, welcome to Winners United. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you having me here today. You're welcome. So let's get started by you telling us about your background and what you currently do professionally. Okay, so my background, I have worked in, I worked in the field of child welfare for over 23 years, and that was birthed out of me being a former foster youth. So I joined that field and I worked there. And now I've branched off to training social workers, teachers, and also speaking to foster youth, helping them, you know, overcome the circumstances that they're in and letting them know that anything is possible. That's what I do in the professional world. So coach women who have childhood trauma, helping them overcome, you know, release fear, build confidence, and increase their self-esteem especially around what they've been through and where they're going. Yes, I love that. Oh my goodness, so, so necessary, right? Yes. Yes, 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 yes. So tell us ended up in your current profession. 
Okay, so how I ended up there, as I said, I was in foster care. Um, I spent my entire teens in foster care between probation and dependency, which is just the traditional foster care system. And so I aged out and I started working for the same agency that took care of me towards the end of my teenage life and just grew from there. I saw a need. There was a lot of things that I wish I had that I wanted. I know a lot of things that kids need. And so I decided to become a social worker to be that voice and to step in the gap and help people, help people like my family, help people like my mother. And that just snowballed into really training, really understanding the gift that I had, a blessing outside of going through that trauma. It gave me a separate set of lenses. And so as a result of that, I could navigate. I was a relative caregiver for some period of time. So I had all of these, you know, positions that I held and places that I stood. And as a result of that, I had this knowledge and understanding. And I saw that a lot of social workers, teachers, foster parents, they had great intentions, but they didn't necessarily know how to achieve the things that they wanted to achieve with foster youth. And so that just woke something up inside of me that said, you, you have that, you've experienced it. So you can't just continue being a social worker, even though I loved it, there was a greater need because I could only reach so many youth. But if I help teach and build social workers, teachers, foster parents, then that reach expands. So that's really what it's about. Yes, I love it. I love that, right? And I love the fact that you didn't close the door on that, right? Like in my mind, I would think some people that go through that experience may want to lock that up with a vault and never think about it again, right? But the fact that you decide to turn it into, I'm going to fix some of the things that I saw. I'm going to use my firsthand experience to help change it. I think that that's amazing. So kudos to you. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. So tell us what you wanted to be when you grew up. Um, when I was a little girl, most of the people around me, I don't think they had jobs. They were stay-at-home moms. But I did see someone who was a male person. So I always thought, hey, I want to be a mom. I knew I wanted to be a mom from a very young age. But outside of that, I said, I'll work at the post office and then I'll be a mom. <laughs> so that was what I saw at that moment. So as a young kid, I just thought I I knew I had to be a mom. And if I had to have a job, what I saw was, hey, I could be a male lady. So, yeah, I love that. I love that. Right. Because you brought up a key point. Right. Like as children, more times than not, we only have the mindset to be what we see. Right. And if we're not seeing these examples of grandiose things or even know what's out there, then what options are we going to have to choose from? Right. Absolutely. And that was the thing, you know, our exposure and seeing mom and, you know, you know, okay, well, everybody around here is a mom and you see different types of mothers. So it's like, okay, I think I can do that. And I always gravitated to nurturing and babysitting and taking care of kids. I was even in charge of um, some of the older kids because I was responsible as a kid. I always wanted to be the mom. So that's something I definitely knew I wanted to do. But yeah, definitely what you see is what you dream about because that's what you know. 
Yes. You just reminded me of how, like I had my daughter at 17, right? And mm-hmm. and I decided that I wanted to be a parent because I babysat a lot, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, like like what you experience as well as what you see, right? Yes. All right. So you went into this. I don't know if you want to elaborate on it a little bit as far as the kind of upbringing that you had. Do you want to go into that a little further? Sure. Absolutely. And I wrote a book about it. I shared some of the pieces of my life. So as a child, I I grew up in a very toxic environment. My mother had some issues and they weren't addressed. And as a result, I was physically abused, emotionally abused. I was neglected. At the age of of 11 and 12, by 12, I knew how to pay bills, grocery shop, parent-teacher conference. I was pretty much a parent to my younger siblings, and I had two siblings who were under the age of five. So, you know, that was a lot, and it was a lot of trauma. It was a lot. There was a lot going on. There was many days that I contemplated suicide. I didn't think that I had a purpose. I was unhappy and I was struggling with wanting to protect my mom because that's natural. You know, that's who you come from, but also knowing that it wasn't right. But then what would happen in in having all that weight on my shoulders that if I said something or if, you know, I left, who was going to step in and take care of the kids, who was going to feed them, who was going to make sure that they got their hugs and who was going to, you know, be there for them. So I made a decision before I was arrested and placed in juvenile hall that I would endure it because they were worth it. Mm. Mm. I have chills, right? Like, I didn't know how very similar our backgrounds were, right? I'm the oldest of three children, and I did a lot of caring for my sisters, hence thinking I could be a parent at such a young age. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Even with, like you said, it's definitely trauma, right? But you know what I love? Like, I love to pull the gems even out of the darkest situations, right? Yeah. And like with all of that, like look at the leadership skills that you were able to build, you know, and how this has created you into the person that you are today. So even though it's not necessarily most favorable situation, I feel like there's always something good that can glean from, like I said, even the darkest. Oh, yes. And that's part of when I speak outside of training and developing social workers. You know, I speak at women's conferences and I speak on, you know, finding those, what I call hidden muscles, Hmm. because a lot of times we're, what people magnify is where you've been wounded. But the thing that, that they don't usually acknowledge or magnify is what it took for you to survive and how amazing you are that you can, I don't care what issues you come out with because we come out with scars and wounds and that's to be expected. You don't run through a burning building and, you know, you come out smelling like smoke. So if anything, that's the least that you're going to come out with. So you expect that. But what about the things that it took, you know, the mindset, the willingness to keep going, that determination, you know, that drive. There's so many things that are in there that you didn't even know that you were doing. You know, I didn't know when I was, I didn't go to school much because I was taking care of the the kids, but they had a program at my school every Friday. You could knit or you could crochet. And so because I didn't go very often, I'd get the 
first step and then I'd miss like steps two and three. Then I'd come back and I'd pick up on the fourth step. And so I knew how to weave, you know, with the crocheting needle. But even in that, I would sit and I would crochet, didn't make anything major, but just that was taking me from where I was to a place where I could survive, where I could thrive, you know, where I could be. And those things, you know, being able to tap out of your reality and what you're going through and being hungry and having bruises and crying and, you know, being isolated. I learned how to type during that time on a piece of paper. Tracy is the best. Tracy is the best. Tracy is the best. That's what I typed on a piece of paper. And now we can look back and say, that was me encouraging myself. That was my David moment. You know, I was doing it because no one was saying it to me, but nobody told me that, hey, you need to do this in order for that. But that's how I survived. Mm -hmm. So when you're able to step back and I help women and I help you know, people go back and look again because we hear our stories and we play them over, but we play the pieces that we want to play that keep us wounded and mm-hmm. keep us in a place. But what if you go back and look and find your hidden muscles? Mm-hmm. What happens then? You know, you're empowered, you're inspired. You're like, oh, I got this. Why don't you fall apart as an adult the way that other people fall apart? Because <laughs> you got those muscles. Yeah. But if we don't, if we don't know that we have them, we're walking around with them, but they're not activated and they're not here. And when we can bring them here and we can go from being wounded to understanding what was developed in us mm-hmm. and we build on that, then we see possibility. We see opportunity and we see life very differently. And we say, oh, if I really want something, I can do that because I went through that, exactly. you know, exactly. Uh, look, you pre uh, right now. Look, we're going to have the collection plate around in the <laughs> Okay. I love that. You need to coin that hidden muscles. You need to coin that copyright trademark, whatever. I love that. Okay. Right. We'll and, and it, I'm telling you, and it is hidden muscles. And I agree with you that people rather hold on to the pain instead of pulling out the triumph. Right. Because the triumph is what's going to get you to keep moving forward. That pain is going to keep you stuck. So that is an excellent, excellent point. All right. So tell us about a pivotal point in your life and how it shaped who you are today. Okay, so I remember um, I was living in a group home. It was a huge group home. I was 16 years old and I was having I had been bounced around foster home, group home. I lived with a relative or two and, you know, it was just like, none of this is panning out. Like I cannot win. And I was just thinking, and I was sitting in my sorrow, you know, I'm sitting in my bed in the group home by myself. I'm crying, I'm weeping. And I'm just thinking about everything. And it's like, you know, I tried over here, you know, I tried to take care of my siblings and my mom still lied on me and I was arrested, you know, I had to go to juvenile hall was so degrading, you know, humiliating. And I'm thinking about all the things that I've tried. Like I tried to make things work here, but it didn't work out because I got kicked out or, you know, because I'm in my trauma. So I used to be explosive and I'm sitting there and I'm like, you know, every, everything is, is failing. But in that moment, while I sat there, there was a shift. Hmm. 
I started to think about me, not trying to fit in, not trying to be accepted. And I love playing cards. So I saw a deck of cards in my mind. I saw a deck of cards and I'm like, I've been losing. But I I gathered those cards in my mind and I said, from this day forward, you will play to win. It don't matter what hand you're dealt, you're winning. Like, even if it's a lesson that I got to learn, I'm winning. Like, I'm looking at it differently. And at 16 years old, I didn't understand how powerful that was, but it did something to me. It changed how I operated during the day. I was no longer focused on who could I please, but what do I need to do to get to that next level for me? Because I'm hoping that someone's going to see me the way that I feel I should be seen. But everybody sees, you know, my faults. Everybody sees, you know, my hangups, where I'm failing, where I'm not doing well. And even me at that time, that's what I saw, you know, like, dang, didn't get that right. You know, you didn't, you weren't perfect. Shut. And I said, no more. And Mm -hmm. so it changed things for me where. I was able to start focusing on what is it that I need to address mm-hmm. in therapy? What is it that I need to address in me? You know, how am I looking at myself? And to this day, I have never played and lost. And that doesn't mean that I don't fail. But every time something happens that I don't succeed in, I still count it a win because I'm going back. I'm looking at it again. I'm taking out what I got from it. And that's a win. Mm -hmm. It's how I look at it. And so that moment at 16 changed everything for me. My game has been to win. And I have won. (laughs) I have won. And I am winning. I'm determined to win. And that's what I love helping people see as well, that you get to choose. Do you win? And what is winning to you? Define that. And then do that. Yes, yes. I love it. I love, love, love it. You know, of course, you know, with the rebrand, right? When Hers United, you're speaking my language, right? And right, that is like the difference between a growth mindset and a fixed mindset, right? So I'm very impressed that at 16, you did that shift and change from a fixed mindset into a growth mindset. In the beginning of starting the podcast, I would ask people, what does failure mean to them, right? And what I would say is, I don't believe in failure. I believe either you win or you learn, right? And learning, it's a win, right? So it's all about the way we look at things, right? And like you said, it may not come out the way you want it to come out, but that doesn't mean that it's not a win in its own because hopefully you're learning the lessons that you need to learn to be and do better in the future, right? Like we can't control what has happened is gone, right? But what are you going to do with it to make the current times and future times better, right? Yes. Love it. Yes. (laughs) All right. So tell us, let's take a shift, right? Let's get more into what you do to be the winner that you are. So tell us about your morning routine. Okay. I would love to. So I start my morning with affirmations. I need to hear my voice because I found out a long time ago that things that people say to you and you play them over, but you no longer hear their voice. It's in your voice. Hmm. So the voice in your head is 
You might be saying what someone else said, but it's your voice that you're hearing. So I needed to strengthen my voice. So every morning I wake up, I remind myself that today is a great day. I am amazing. I say things like Tracy is the best because that's where it started a long time ago. I remind myself that I can have everything that I want, that there is greatness all around me, that I have what I say, that all things are working for me. I remind myself of those things. A few of those I do while I'm looking at myself in the mirror Mm -hmm. and a few I do throughout the day to remind myself who I am, what I expect from myself. And when I find myself having a hard time, a hard moment, I remind myself, this is only a moment, girl. You got this. Have your moment. If you need to cry, cry. You know, you need to scream, scream. You need to cuss, cuss. You know, you need some worship music, play it. Whatever you need, you're going to give yourself a few minutes. And then you got to come out of this thing because you got the rest of your day ahead of you. So that's pretty much my routine. I love that, right? And I'm just pulling on one of the key points that it's okay to give ourselves a moment, right? But to mm-hmm. not stay, mm-hmm. some, you know, we feelings are feelings, right? They're not facts, yeah. but we need to respect them and acknowledge them, right? Absolutely. And, and allow ourselves to go. Well, they're through. real. They're yeah. real and they're yours. And I found that when I denied myself that opportunity to feel, I stuff it down. It comes out in other ways. So. We have to give ourselves permission to feel exactly what we're feeling. But then we also get to give ourselves permission to have that self-dialogue and say, okay, I'm feeling this. Like, what is this about? And then, okay, is this worth the rest of my day? Hmm. And sometimes, depending on what it is, it's worth most of the rest of your day. But as long as you do not allow everything to become you know, work most of your day. Sometimes it's needed because we need that ugly cry. You know, we need those moments where we're not anyone's hero. We need to feel if we've been wounded, we need to feel that so that we know where we need to lick so we can heal. Yes. Yes. (laughs) You know? Yes. I love it. I love it. Right. And I think that's important. It's important to talk about. All right. So tell us about the last book that you read or listened to? Well, right now I'm reading The Millionaire Mindset. I'm in the midst of reading that. And I think, I don't know if I'm saying it right, but the last book I read was Joyce Meyer's, I think it's The Power of Words. Mm. So yes, I read that book and I read it for a reason because no matter where we are on our journey, We always need to go back to what I call the genesis, the beginning. We always need to refresh and buffer. And because we get off and we sometimes think, I got that, I accomplished that. But even in your positive affirmations, you can find yourself dwindling back to that old mindset, you know, or having a pity party subconsciously and little things are coming out in your behavior that's like, that doesn't match what I said out of my mouth. So it must be things that I'm thinking on. So I need to go back to that. And the millionaire mindset, I'm reading that because I want that mindset. I want to to grow because I do recognize that I come from a 
poverty mindset, you know, living where I live, not that there's anything wrong with being in poverty if that's where you have to be at that moment, but accepting that or accepting what was and how you looked at it and how you thought in your relationship with money and success, we constantly have to change that because people that we're impacting, I know that I have a responsibility for every youth, for every social worker, for every woman that comes into my presence that I'm training or working with. I have a responsibility to show up and to be my authentic self, but to make sure that I'm constantly staying on that treadmill so that I can get better, so that I can improve in order to be, you know, effective. Yeah, I love it. Love, love, love it. And I do. I agree. One of the first talks I gave was your thoughts and your words have power or the power yes. of your, I forget the name of it. Right. But I learned that from my own experience when I saw the mess that I spoke into my life. Right. And how like I literally said what I was experiencing and it wasn't the best picture to paint. Right. So if we have that much power, why not create a picture yeah. that we're really happy to be in? Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it's it's real, right? I call it a superpower, you know? Like um, And we don't think about it. We don't sometimes, you know, oh, they always, you know, I never get or, you know, things always go and it's like, whoa, and then you start seeing it even more. You got to get it back because that's what you threw out there. And no, this this sucks right now, but it's going to get better. You know, always making sure that be careful, shut that mouth <laughs> so that when you open it, you know, you can talk about, you be real about what's, what's going on, but make sure you are following that thing up with something positive or it being temporary because otherwise that might be your state 20 years from now. And who wants that? <laughs> right, right. And then look, having to look yourself in the mirror and realizing that you did it. Right. Uh -oh. Uh -oh. Look, that That's me. That's me. Like, <laughs> I did say that. I did say that. Right. So tell us about an aha moment that you had lately and how you've changed as a result. Okay. Um, so this year I just left my my job in the midst of a pandemic, right? Congratulations. Thank you. And it was a long time coming. It was you know, working and being in the trenches with people and watching them transform and really, you know, just honoring the fact that you get to be with people at the worst time of their life sometimes. It's a privilege. I love being in that place because I cared so much about being in that place with them. And I knew how valuable that was for them to have someone who is completely in with you and dedicated and just wants to be there and dreaming about what your next is going to be. You know, being in that place for a moment, I was stuck mm. because it's a hard place to be in because of my trauma, because I was once that kid, you know, so it's like I stay close to the fire, which some people are like, that's crazy, girl. That's, that's crazy. Like you would straight in, you stay there. But it was also healing because every time that I was able to help a family, every time I was able to see a youth either reunify or be adopted or whatever it was, or I saw that light bulb come on in that mom, I felt like, hey, you know what? 
that's progress from where the agency and where social work and where things used to be. So this is positive. But then I realized that my time was up in that capacity and that I was being selfish because I I was meeting my needs Mm. in terms of I could do it. It was hard job, but very easy for me because I just flowed, you know? But then what about the rest of, you know, I can only reach so many. And so it was life altering when I got to that place where I said, you know what, at what cost Mm. to be here? I might be able to, you know, I have 30 something families. That's great. But then there's hundreds of social workers, hundreds of teachers, hundreds of foster parents, and there's thousands of kids who you're not sharing with. You know, you're not having that moment, making that connection with the social workers and letting them go out, which means I go out, you know, and having the moment with a teacher and having a moment with a foster parent and and helping equip them. Like, that's what I'm supposed to be doing. And I wasn't ready because I was comfortable. But when I realized what was at stake. I said, okay, I have to jump. And so I did. And I've been happy. I've been happy, which is crazy. You know, I have my moments where it's like, dang, I should be fixing some problem. There's, you know, I need to be busy. But this place that I'm in now where I can focus on what's needed and how can I equip a field, you know, that's powerful. And it's needed. And, and I have all the pieces, you know, the whole gamut of what they're asking for. So it's changed my mindset where I now see a bigger picture where before it was here, mm-hmm. what I could do, you know, what I could control right here. And now it's like, no, I need to go out and spread the seeds. And I'm no longer the one that's going to do all of the pieces. But I know the seeds that I have. And I got to do it. So understanding that, that took a lot. But I'm so glad that I made it to this point because now I realize the charge and I understand its value. And I I no longer feel like, oh, I had to give up that and I loved it. And just to do this, it's like, no, I get to do this. And it's amazing. And this is part of what I was created for. That season is over. This is a new season. I love that. I love that. And as I was listening, I heard you say a few things and then you were, you repeated what was in my mind, right? Like you Did I? <laughs> expanded your scope, right? Expanded your scope and stepped outside of your comfort zone, right? Mm. So just hearing that, I can imagine how scary that may have been. Let's talk about your hidden muscles. Do you have a message that can change the world? If so, podcasting is a great outlet for you to do so. Send me an email at whenhersunited at gmail.com so we can chat about the impact you want to make. I would love to get you started as a podcaster. Remember, the world needs to hear your voice. And that's whenhersunited, W-I-N-H-E-R-S-U-N-I-T-E-D at gmail.com. 
and you just expound, was it scary? And if it was, what did you do to get yourself over that fear to move forward? Yes. Um, scary. I was petrified because this was a, I think a two year, you know, journey. How do I leave? You know, it's, it's more than just going to do the job, but building that platform and, and going back to self-confidence, you know, I can't say that I got over the fear. I'm walking through it in this present moment, you know, in all transparency, you know, this is different. You know, I walked away from 23 years, you know, I was getting a paycheck deposited into my account. 23 years, I had security. So, you know, with my family, you know, my family believing in me and and my husband, thank God for an amazing husband, because it took a while for him to get on this page. But to walk through this has definitely been a faith walk. And like I said, I won't lie to you or kid you that, you know, hey, I was fearful and then I wasn't. Nah, <laughs> I was petrified, but then I, I had to keep journaling and, and writing and reminding myself and talking myself through, you know, what's on the other side, you know, and I have degrees. I have a master's degree, you know, if ever needed, I can always jump back in. You know, so it's not like I can't do anything else, but I'm not supposed to do anything else. So mm. knowing that I'm what I'm supposed to do, that gave me confidence to say, okay, God, you know, if this is what is now in my path, if this is what I'm supposed to do right now, then I have to go after it with fear. I have to, because I'm, I'm human and this is new and this is uncharted territory. I mean, these are waters that look real choppy, um, you know, but I know there's an island and there's, you know, some land once I get through it, that is going to be great. The same way it was when I started social work, I was petrified and it took me about two years into it to feel like, girl, if you don't cut it out, you got this, like you was created to do this. Like, girl, this is nothing. Cut it out you know, just be and walk in that. So I'm in that place right now. I'm in that season of, you know, hey, you know, I had my first paid speaking engagement the day after I resigned from my job. Amazing. Amazing, right? Get out of here. I love yes. it. I love it. Yes. And it was from one of my mentors. He made the connection for me. He was one of my administrators um, many years ago, one that spoke life into me. But it's been scary. You know, there's fear, but with fear, I do know that I have the power to walk on it. I have the power to say that you can be here fear because you're real and I acknowledge you and I'm scared as hell. But at the same time, you're not about to paralyze me. You know, I'm going to move with you until my confidence is bigger than you. And then you can go have a seat, but you can be here for the time being. But my confidence, I'm building it, you know, sitting and having a moment like this with you helps me pinch myself and remind myself that this is real because only way we'd be having this discussion is if this was real. So this is a step, you know, this is getting further and further into those waters and I'm sure the waters are going to come. So it's where I am right now. Yes. And, and you made some valid points, right? That I don't know 
is it like a misconception that people think that because people are doing these grandiose things that there's not fear there, right? Like how people mm-hmm. say you're scared. So you may like the, the fear from mm-hmm. what I'm learning is always going to be there when you're stretching yourself beyond your comfort because it's something that you don't know. Like you said, it's uncharted mm-hmm. territory, right? So yeah. I love that. Acknowledge the fear. That's a great tip, right? Acknowledge the fear. Thank you for trying to keep me safe. I'm safe. This is what we're going to do, right? And once you continue to do it, it won't be as loud and and monstrous as it has been. But then the more you push yourself into something newer and newer and newer, it'll be something else that pops up, right? So absolutely. And that's part of our life. And you know, the the thing that keeps me going is I, I never forget. And one thing that I forgot to mention, that moment when I was making my decision to always win, my prayer to God was, I don't care where I go in life. I don't care where you take me. I don't care how amazing my life, you know, is in the future. Don't ever let me forget this feeling right here. I always Mm want to be able to touch it. I always want to be able to feel how I felt that day. That was my prayer. And some people have asked me, like, why would you ask for that? Because, and the reason is, that will always take me back. It will always be my grounding place. Because it reminds me of where I've been in the charge. Because I made it. I didn't have to make it. There's so many of my peers that didn't make it. There's so many people who have been through either what I've been through, similar, less, worse. And they don't have the success that I have. I made it. But it's not a matter of, I don't feel like I get to forget. Mm -hmm. Because there is always someone. I'm always looking for me. Mm. There's always somebody who's in what I was coming out and trying to find their way and they need to hear, they need to see, they need to see themselves in me. And so I needed to hold on to that because whatever came out of it, I didn't want to be like where I am now. I I live in an amazing home. I got a pool in my backyard. I have a husband. My children are thriving. They're grown. They never touch foster care. I beat a lot of statistics. I failed too, you know? But people need to know that it doesn't matter. Like, you can make it. Since I made it, I have to go back. I have to remember. Because if I would have got here having all of this, you know, going out of the country, flying and being on beaches and being able to book trips and do things that I'm able to do, and I didn't have that feeling, it would be easy to be, oh, well, there, y'all need to get it together. You know, I don't know what's wrong with them, but that's not why we're blessed to make it out of things, you know, because there was somebody that didn't make it. And I don't know what someone else's prayers were, but I know I received some benefit. Mm -hmm. And so I don't take it for granted. So I needed to feel that. And still I go and I sit sometimes and I sit until I can touch that, until Mm -hmm. I can touch it. 
Because then when I feel like giving up, when I have moments where it's like, you know what, it will be easier to just go fill out an application. I have a master's degree. I could go to school. You know, I mean, I could go to work. I could get this job. Mm -mm, mm -mm. No, you can't because you have a responsibility. So, you know, things like that. It's like, I cannot, I don't believe that anybody that made it out of anything, it wasn't for you. It was for you when you was making it through. It's for you, for you to keep going. But that ain't it. This ain't all about you. This ain't all about Tracy and boom and no. Because what about that Tracy that's right now contemplating suicide? What about that foster parent who's feeling like giving up? What about that woman who went through some things and is embarrassed to talk about them? And then you have the audacity to write a book and put some of your business out there where it's like, oh, no. So they can see that you're not alone, sweetness. You're not alone, but you ain't got to stay in that situation. You don't have to keep that, you know? So I needed that. I'm grateful Mm -hmm. for all of those days. I'm grateful for the thoughts of suicide. I'm grateful for the moments in that bed. I'm grateful for the rejection. I'm grateful for all the things. I'm grateful for being in juvenile hall and knowing what it feels like to be humiliated, for you having to bend down naked and cough in front of strangers. It didn't feel good then, and it doesn't feel good now, but I'm still grateful for it because out of that, Mm. I can touch because then I can feel, I can connect. When I see somebody that's in an oh, and you don't know, oh, honey, I don't have to be in your body to know, but I know what humiliation feels like. I know what yeah. it feels like to be disappointed, to be lonely, you know, to be depressed, to feel like nobody cares about you, to feel unwanted, unloved, you know? Yeah. And look at this, you know? Because if I got it, girl, I ain't nothing, I ain't nothing like all amazing, you know what I'm saying? I didn't have no genie in a bottle. If I made it out of all of that, girl, come on, you can make it, you know, you got it. So that's, that's my life's work. Yeah. That's my life's work. That's what, you know, I get excited. I get emotional. Then I get all like, oh yes, because (laughs) I know what's possible. And if I can help somebody see possibility, you know, just that little bit, Mm -hmm. once they get that little bit, and they start getting a little bit more. After a while, they don't need you because you give them, you equip them with the tools they need and then they flourish. Yeah. And that's why I do what I do. That's why I went through what I went through. So to make it worth it, you know, because if I give up, it's like, well, then you went through that in vain. And that was too much hell to go through. Yeah. To just go through, you know, to just say, I went through hell, you guys. I love that, right? I say, I say we go through to help others get through, right? Like it's a purpose to the pain. And I love, like, I saw your emotion. I felt your emotion as you was telling your story, you know, about never wanting to forget, right? And that's the why. Like people say, you know, like that why, having that why does help you to not give up because things may happen. It may come along where, you know, entrepreneurship isn't pretty. The responsibilities that you have don't feel good. But if Mm -hmm. you have that why and that why means something serious to you, then you'll allow yourself to keep pushing when you don't really want to. So that's super important. All right. All right. So tell us about 
a resource that you would recommend to any current or aspiring entrepreneurs and how you utilize it or what you suggest it for? Self-development. I don't think that anything that we go after in life, and it, it doesn't matter what it is that you want to do, you have to be real with yourself. And there are a million people out there that are teaching and helping people get a hold of themselves because it's our little you that we have to address. And we may have a skill. You know, I, I have gifts. I have talents. Every time I open my mouth, people are on the edge of their seat. But we can only do so much without working on us. And the best thing you can do for anybody is to constantly be on that wheel. You know, that clay being molded, allowing yourself. Because every time we think we arrive, we've arrived, we find out that we haven't. Mm. Because you arrived in this area. It took a lot. So it feels like this, but it's this. And being real with yourself is the most important thing. It doesn't mean that we can't be seeking because I was growing over here and working on myself over here. But developing a practice of telling yourself that it's okay to constantly be on the wheel and find someone that you vibe with and that you can take constructive criticism from someone that you trust, you know, be it that you watch a million of their videos and you realize that they're just not BSing and saying the nice fluffy words, but that they have the ability to help you take yourself from where you are to where you want to be. Because I, I found that in the beginning, I wanted people to take me from where I was to where I wanted to be, not really understanding that people can only help you take you from where you are to where you need to be. Yes, I love that. I love that. Oh, girl. All right, look, dropping them <laughs> gems, y'all. Y'all listening to these gems, writing them down, <laughs> taking notes. So would you suggest that to be like in the form of a therapist, in the form of a life coach, in the form of a business coach, all of the above? What does that look I'd like? I'd say um, depending on your level of willingness, because I've had coaching clients where in the midst of coaching them just with life coach, because my coaching is thrive, helping you build confidence, increase your self-esteem and decrease fear. In the midst of that, sometimes people are uncovering deep seated issues. A life coach deals with the goals that you want. Some of your past is present, but we're not diving in. You ain't on the couch, you know? Sometimes if you need that deep healing and you can't do it on your own because it's, it's hard and it's scary, I recommend that they start seeing a therapist while they're seeing me as their life coach because it's important. You can have a dual process going, you know, and then business. Yes, I think that, I mean, business coach sometimes scares the mess out of people and they don't know what they're getting themselves into. So I'd say if you get a business coach, you want a business coach that is skilled in their niche is working with new entrepreneurs. Because in the beginning, I worked with people who had worked with all levels. 
And I did not find that that was beneficial to me because some of the lingo and the things that they were talking about and some of the things they were trying to push me towards, it was like, you know, I'm crawling, right? You know, that, you know, I just stopped drinking the bottle. Don't, you know, I cannot run a race. So I, I learned after experiencing a couple that I needed someone that only worked with beginner entrepreneurs and it was, you know, tailored for me and what I needed. And, you know, and the, the push, there was push, of course, because you need that. That's why you're hiring a coach because you're not trying to get comfortable and stay where you are, but you need someone that is, that that is their niche just for beginners. So I say, depending on the depth of your need and, and sometimes you can start out with a life coach and a business coach. They have business coaches that do both. Just depends on the type of person. I'm the type of person I need you to deal with one. So, <laughs> you know, I can't have you doing business. Then you go on my personal development because I don't know which one am I. Am I now sucking as a business person because I'm crying over here and, and you making me see, you know, where I'm self-sabotaging? You know, it's, it's just so much. So for me personally, my style, I say I needed one person who was in business, one person who was a life coach. Okay. No, and that's great advice, right? Because there are various different coaches. And then you have a person that may be a sales coach versus a business coach versus a confidence coach versus a life coach. Like it's so many different things. So I think that was great advice to, you know, decide whether you are okay with a person that does all of those in one Mm -hmm. or you need someone that does one, whether you need two simultaneously. Like, I think that that's all great tips and things that people need to understand, consider, and, you know, do whatever research and decide upon based on their individual characteristics. Right. So yes, that was great advice. All right. So do you have a favorite quote that you like to share with us? I love quotes. So this is a selfish question, right? Because I think that they say things that sometimes we may not have the words to say. So Mm -hmm. do you? I don't think I really have a favorite. One that I tend to lean on, especially when I'm scared, is I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. That is helpful to me, you know, because it helps me remember that I'm, I'm not in this by myself and that, you know, with the right help, like I can do everything. Like I might not accomplish it today, but I can do it. You know, and I always tell myself, you got this. You got this. Like, yes. All right, y'all. Now, Tracy done dropped a lot of affirmations and, you know, you should not have any lack of affirmations after listening That's right. to this episode. <laughs> That's right. So I don't no want to hear about no affirmations. No excuses, right? Because they're important and we do have to retrain our brain, especially if in the past we lean toward negativity or if that's the kind of environment that we grew up in where that's all you heard, you can change the narrative, right? But it it takes practice and you have to know what to say to do that, right? So, oh my goodness, Tracy, I enjoy speaking to you today, hearing all of your gems, your experiences. I appreciate you for being so transparent for just really digging deep because I felt right everything that you said. And I think it was really awesome that you chose to be here and chose to share with us. So I have one more question and this is a fun question, right? Again, a selfish thing. I personally love travel. I heard you mention travel. So I believe you'll be able to give us some great gems, right? 
So tell us the last place you went to visit, your last vacation, your favorite place to go, and where you want to go in the future. All right. So the last place I went was the Bahamas. We took a cruise for my daughter's 18th birthday. It was amazing. We took a cruise and then we got to stop, you know, at the different islands. So that was amazing. You said my favorite place to travel? My favorite place to travel would have to be Belize. My husband's from Belize, so I'm a little biased. Okay. And when we go there, we stay in one of the Keys, which is an island. And it is just so refreshing. The water is like a little bit, not as hot as a jacuzzi, but almost right there. And it feels amazing like day and night. And it's just such a slow, slow environment. And for, you know, people like myself, who is always going high on energy, I need to be in places where they're slow because then it helps me to slow down. And a place I really want to go to is I want to go to Bali. That's been a dream of mine. So I am hoping, you know, COVID is over. I'm hoping we're going to go to Belize again because that's where we were supposed to go this year. But, you know, things happen. We weren't able to travel. So we'll be going there. But after that, my eyes are laser focused on how can I get to Bali? (laughs) Yes, I love it. I've heard Belize is awesome and it is a slower island. So you are, that was on my list in the past. And then I, you know, didn't make your money. So you've inspired me. And your money. Your money is double there. So I get off the plane rich. Okay. (laughs) All right. You want to save some money and have some fun? Okay. I love it. Yes. Yes. All right. Thank you so much, Tracy. So before I let you go, tell us the listeners where they can find you, about any offers you have, how they can do business with you. Yes. Okay. So my website is heartaspirations.org. It's aspirations, not inspirations. You can find me there. You can purchase my book there, Pieces of My Life. It is a quick read, an amazing read. It will take you deep, but you know I made it. So, (laughs) And if you are interested in being coached by me, if you have experienced trauma and you are just looking to thrive, you are tired of just being there, existing, you are ready to tackle some fear, you want to bring your confidence level up, and you know, your self-esteem, it needs to be risen, then I would love to be your girl. You can find me, you can go on there and find me. I'm on Facebook as well. You can find me as Tracy Young on Facebook. And as far as Heart Aspirations, if you have any speaking engagements that you would like me to speak at, you can contact me through my website as well. I also help people bring wellness into their life through using essential oils and non-toxic body products. So if you're interested in that, or you just want some inspiration, motivation, I can be found on Instagram at tracy.allandwellness and also at Trace Coaching on Instagram. So any of those tags, you can find me and I'll be delighted to, you know, to connect with you. All right. Okay. And you'll be able to get link out to Tracy's information from the website, whenhersunited.com forward slash podcast. 
So Tracy, thank you again so much. It has been a pleasure. We appreciate you today. I thank you as well. I thank you for having me on here. I think that your platform is amazing. You are doing a great job. And I just encourage you to continue on because this is so needed. Thank you for the opportunity. You're welcome. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. All right. You have a great day. All right. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of When Hers United. I hope you found this information useful and can take at least one thing away to implement into your life. Don't forget to go over to winhersunited.com forward slash podcast to read the show notes for this episode and check out Tracy's full bio. Also, follow us on Clubhouse at Winhers United so you can join us in a future room. As always, be empowered and empower on.